Durham, North Carolina, home to possibly the most famous minor league team in all of sports, the Durham Bulls. At least if you saw 1988's Bull Durham starring Kevin Costner. In the years since the 8 and 16 lollygaggers, Durham has witnessed a massive revitalization as it turned the scars of an industry in freefall into new life and prosperity. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the season two finale of the See America podcast. From coast to coast, we see America one mile at a time, discovering stops along the way that are eclectic, historic, ridiculous, breathtaking, inspiring, and humbling. This week, the American Tobacco Campus in Durham, North Carolina. This great destination is brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Road Trippers helps people discover the world around them in an entirely new way by streamlining discovery, planning, booking, and navigation. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. The city of Durham wasn't incorporated until 1869 in the wake of the Civil War. The location of the town is a result of the needs of the 19th century railroad industry. The wood-burning steam locomotives had to stop frequently for wood and water, and the new North Carolina Railroad needed a depot between the settled towns of Raleigh and Hillsboro. Just such a depot was established on land donated by Bartlett S. Durham in 1849 and the area would be known as Durham Station for its first 20 years. Raleigh had become the state capital, and near the end of the Civil War, the Union Army commanded by General William Tecumseh Sherman occupied the town. The last formidable Confederate army in the South, commanded by General Joseph E. Johnston, was stationed in Greensboro, 50 miles to the west. After the surrender of the Army of Northern Virginia by General Lee at Appomattox on April 9, 1865, General Johnston sought surrender terms, which were negotiated at the small farm of James and Nancy Bennett, about three miles west of Durham Station, halfway between the standing armies. As soldiers on each side passed through Durham and the surrounding communities, they enjoyed the mild flavor of the area's bright leaf tobacco, which was considered more pleasant to smoke or chew than they had ever tasted. After they returned home, they started sending letters to Durham to get more. During the war, a cigarette rolling machine had been invented that produced over 200 cigarettes per minute, the equivalent of what a skilled hand roller could produce in an hour. It reduced the cost of rolling cigarettes by half. The combination of reconstruction after the Civil War and industrial revolution caused a massive tobacco industry boom. The rapid growth and prosperity of Carolina tobacco companies led to a mass consolidation as they merged into what would become one of the original 12 members of the Dow Jones Industrial Average in 1896. The American Tobacco Company was under control of the Duke family of Duke University fame and dominated the industry by acquiring tobacco companies across the nation, like the Lucky Strike Company and over 200 other rival firms. Within two decades of its founding, The American Tobacco Company produced 80% of the cigarettes and other tobacco products sold in the United States. The company eventually amounted to what the federal government considered a monopoly. 
In the early 1910s, courts forced a breakup of the Duke's business under antitrust laws. They retained the now smaller yet still powerful American tobacco name with manufacturing based in Durham. The breakup of American tobacco had an unfortunate effect on cigarette consumption, however. The competition between the new companies caused a dramatic increase in advertising and promotion, leading to the mass popularity of cigarettes in the early 20th century. The Duke family began investing in other ventures like electrical power. The success of the tobacco industry and the early electrification of Durham encouraged the then-growing textile industry to come to town. Textile mills served to double the population of Durham. The American Tobacco Company left Durham in the late 80s for Reedsville, North Carolina, when cigarette use was waning. In 1994, British American Tobacco, one of the original spin-offs of the monopoly, acquired its former parent. 1,000 employees dropped to 300, and then 100, as the company continued to change hands. It's been announced that American Tobacco will close altogether this year. When American Tobacco left Durham, massive downtown production facilities were abandoned, leaving a blight on the town's heart. But Durham was thriving. In a far-sighted move in the late 50s, Duke University, along with the University of North Carolina and North Carolina State University, persuaded the state legislature to purchase a large tract of sparsely settled land in southern Durham County to create the nation's first science park for industry. Cheap land and a steady supply of trained workers from the three universities made the Research Triangle Park an enormous success, which along with the clinical and scientific advances of Duke Medical Center and Duke University, more than made up for the decline of Durham's tobacco and textile industries. In 2004, the previously abandoned American Tobacco Campus was reopened as a modern development, along with a new stadium for the Durham Bulls and the new Durham Performing Arts Center, one of the busiest touring theater houses in the nation. Local media company Capital Broadcasting is responsible for the development, which is now an urban playground filled with office buildings, condos, shops, and restaurants. It's almost a neighborhood unto its own, a foodie paradise and a shopper's delight. It's home to the American underground, which connects hundreds of startup companies to the region's resources, thought leaders, talent, and media. And it's home to the global headquarters of the Burt's Bees Company the famed personal care brand specializing in natural skincare products like lip balm, moisturizer, and makeup. It's also home to a special piece of Burt's Bees history. With more, here's Abigail Trebu. Near the source of the old Bull River sits a seemingly inexplicable small cedar shake cabin among the renovated American Tobacco Campus. This is no ordinary cabin, but rather a historic monument to the creator of one of America's greatest brands. The cabin of Burt's Bees founder, Burt Shavitz, has been relocated from his beloved Maine, marking the entrance to the global headquarters of the company he co-founded, Burt's Bees. 
Bert Shavitz was born Ingram Shavitz to a Jewish family in Manhattan. He changed his name in 1953 when he finished high school, and after spending time in the army, he returned to Manhattan, where he became a photographer, taking photos of urban life that appeared in Time and Life magazines. Bert eventually settled in Maine, motivated by living a minimal lifestyle. He lived in a tiny home before tiny living was cool. His greatest treasures weren't the things he owned. They were his golden retrievers, the sunsets, the snow, and the woods right outside his door. Perhaps that's why he was able to live as simply as he did. In a 300-square-foot turkey co-op turned cabin without electricity or running water, Bert began learning about beekeeping, and after gathering all of the supplies, he encountered a swarm on a fence post. He said it was an act of God, a no-brainer. The swarm became his first hive. Beekeeping became a source of income for Bert when he met Roxanne Quimby, who would sell his wax candles at local fairs. An increase in sales and productions led to them launching Bert's Bees in the 1980s. As the partnership and business grew, operations were set up in North Carolina in 1994, eventually moving to the American Tobacco Campus. The company had Bert's main cabin disassembled and reconstructed outside their front door as a reminder of Bert's example of how to live simply, naturally, and responsibly. They've also built an observation hive on site as a way to bring people face to face with the simple creatures who supported Bert's livelihood and allowed him to thrive. I'm less interested in the inside of whatever it is I own than the outside of what it sits on. Bert Shavitz. Bert died on July 5th, 2015, at the age of 80, in Bangor, Maine. For decades, the American Tobacco Campus and the city of Durham were one of the busiest industrial centers in the country, shipping products around the world. The end of the tobacco industry in Durham put the Bull City in a position to reinvent itself. Witnessing this reimagination of a post-tobacco Durham is really quite special. You can spend your entire visit right there at the American Tobacco Campus and never have to leave. The on-site Aloft Hotel is hip and modern and wonderful. The Bulls and the Performing Arts Center provide loads of entertainment, and pop-up shops, restaurants, clubs, and outdoor concerts fill in the rest. There's plenty of parking on site, and every Friday home game, the Durham Bulls set off a fantastic fireworks display. Once you've explored the American Tobacco Campus, make sure to check out the rest of downtown Durham, which is full of unique restaurants, museums, art galleries, and boutique hotels. This episode of See America was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, with narration by Abigail Trebu. If you like the show, we'd love a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. We'd also like to invite you to follow the See America podcast on Instagram and Facebook and join the See America Facebook group where we chat about some of America's greatest road trip destinations. 
If you're a national park lover, we hope you'll also check out the America's National Parks podcast or come listen to Abigail and me talk about our life on the road with our three boys on the RV Miles podcast. This great destination was brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. <laughs>